1 Corinthians chapter 16, we're going to read one verse. It is verse 13, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and I would encourage you, like I do every week, to bring your Bibles because we believe that the Word of God changes lives, and it'll change yours from the inside out if you let it. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. I'll read it again. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, and be strong. Now Paul, the Apostle Paul who planted many churches in the, in the New Testament era, who is responsible for the writing of half of the New Testament as we know it, we are here sitting in this room uh, much due to his work and his commitment, not only to Jesus, but to planting churches. This is one of the churches that he writes to. He actually writes a second le- letter to them later on, but this is the first letter he's written to the church in Corinth. And back in those days, it was a little bit harder to, like, to be in church and do the church thing than it is today. We live in a place where it is, you know, church can be a normal rhythm of life, and it's easy, and it's great, and and you can tell someone that you go to church and, you know, they may be like, well, church is dumb. But beyond that, you're not going to really endure much. But back in the day, it was a lot harder to be a part of church. And so Paul's writing to the church to encourage them, hey, don't, like, give up. Stay strong. Be courageous. But be on your guard because stuff is coming. I want to speak tonight on this idea, pivot foot. If you're taking notes you can write pivot foot. Pivot foot. P-I-V-O-T, foot. If you've ever seen Friends, which I'm not recommending or not recommending that show. Pivot! I can't do it. One of the best episodes of television of all time. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes and let's pray and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us tonight. God, thank you that your word is alive and it's active. It is sharper than any natural weapon that we could use to fight off the enemy. It has the ability to cut to the core, get right to where we need it to be. And God, would you do business on us tonight? Let us leave having changed because of what you're doing in us. Let us live it out as we go from here. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen. I, I don't know about you, I, um, I was an excellent basketball player as an elementary school kid. Um, whoever laughed, you're dead to me. <laughs> well, there it is. Uh, but you, have, you ever played a game where you have to, like, be in... Firm footing, anybody ever done that? Like you ever been to Flying Circus or Sky High where you do the jousting on the, the, the thing? What's it called? On the beam? Jousting on the beam? I remember a couple of years ago, I'm there. I don't even remember what I was there for. But I think, I think it was my brother's bachelor party or something like that. And I'm standing on the beam and I'm jousting. And I don't know if you've ever played one of these games where you fall right away and you don't want to go back. You just want to get out of there. You don't want to make eye contact with anyone because you feel humiliated. This was not me. 
Because I was dominant. I'm telling you, I beat like 19 people in a row. I'm up there, and all I did, I don't know if you've ever played a game like this, but all I did is I, I crouched like this. I, I did this, and I just, I didn't bend forward or back. I just wiggled. Twist, you know? And time after time, I would just, like, they would try and get me, but I was immovable. I mean, I'm like, I'm up there in every defeat or every victory. I was feeling better about myself. There are very few times in my life that I have been so confident about who God made me to be than this moment right here where I am just dominating the beam. And I'm knocking person after person. I'm talking large people. I'm talking professional football players, or at least they look that size. And I'm knocking them all down. And I'm, play, and I'm just like, I am literally undefeatable. I'm like, God, this is my calling. Thank you. So I'm up there. And then person after person, and I'm up there for a while. And suddenly, this kid who's about half the size of everyone else, probably nine years old, hops up there, just all bouncy with a smile. It's like, okay, at least send me someone worth fighting. You know what I'm talking about? I'm Goliath, you're, you're David. And so I'm up there, and I'm just ready, and I'm just smiling at this kid. And he, he looks at me and just smiles, and he runs at me and then just stops right in front of me. He does not touch me. He does not even pretend to hit me. He just runs at me and just stops. And I literally didn't know what to do. I lose my balance, and suddenly, after having gone about 20 times in a row defeating every single person bigger than me, a nine-year-old knocks me out without even touching me. I'm telling you, I have never... Get out of here. Whatever. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up, okay? So, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, a, literally, a nine-year-old, he knocks me out without even touching me. And I fell down. And I just, you ever done something where you fall and you don't want to get back up because you know that the crowds, the cloud of witnesses, as scripture says it, are just standing around watching you in your humiliation. It's, and you're just there and I didn't even want to move. I just sit there for a minute and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I was so, I was so, I was so ticked off. And this kid's just standing up there on the beam, pointing down at me, laughing. Because he knew exactly what he's doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. And it's funny. Because this is what happens sometimes spiritually in our lives as we follow Jesus. That there are times where we get confident. And what we do is we plant our feet. But we don't know how to adjust position when the enemy comes at us. And let me remind you. Just like that nine-year-old had nothing on me, the enemy has nothing on you, but he wants to make you think that he does. He wants to make you think that every weapon he throws at you will prosper. But we know that scripture tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. But I would add to that, I can't add to scripture because I'll die, but if I were to add to it, I would add to the end of it and say, unless you let it. See, just like that nine-year-old had no business beating me, the enemy has no business taking you out. He's not worthy of it. It's, a, it's an unfair fight 
for him. Because when you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. There's nothing that can take you out. But, there's nothing that can take you out. But, if you allow him to, he will intimidate you into thinking that you are actually more powerless than you are. If we're not careful, we will find ourselves with a nine-year-old devil running at us. Trying to intimidate us to fall off the beam. Trying to intimidate us to lose our footing. All the while, we've got everything that we need to withstand the attacks of the enemy. My premise tonight is this. When we, what we need to do is we need to plant our feet, but we need to learn to pivot. We need to learn to plant our feet, but we've also got to learn to pivot. What happens is we plant our feet, we think we're good. So we, we find Jesus, we meet Jesus, we come to an undivided night, we say yes to God, we, we get going in our faith, and we think everything's good, and we show up to like two or even two and a half uh, morning devotions in a row, and we think like there is nothing that could ever change how I feel right now. Like, you ever found some momentum in your life and you think just nothing's ever going to change? Anybody? Okay, just me? Like, you get back from camp and you think, this is going to sustain me. I'm confident of it. I'm going to be so good. I'm never going to want to do anything wrong again. I'm always going to be happy. And guess what? External circumstances are going to change just automatically because God loves me that much and nothing will ever be hard again. I'm so excited. As Hayden says. And then we, I mean, we even go one up. We subscribe to the iTunes podcast for Undivided. We rate and we review it and we share it. Just a plug. We do all these things and we think, I am so good. But it's the one little thing, isn't it, that comes and it takes us out. It's the one little discouragement. I have literally seen people with so much momentum spiritually in their lives who with one little disappointment from a family member, one little disagreement with a person, there are people not sitting here tonight, not because they didn't have momentum spiritually, not because they don't love God, but because they allowed one little thing to take them out. And they said, this is going to be the thing. This is too big of a deal. And what God is saying to you is it's not, but you've got to learn to pivot. Because guess what? This is not the last time something will come at you. If you are a Jesus follower, I'm not going to be like, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? And make you yell it back at me. But guess what? If you are a Jesus follower, you're here tonight, and you're saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want to live like him. I want to follow in his way. I want to trust him with my life. If that is you, you can know as you leave tonight that it is guaranteed that there will be defenses coming at you trying to disrupt what you know you are called to do. I guarantee you. And just like in basketball, if I've got a ball, guess what? I know a defender is coming. No one's trying to defend me when I don't have the ball. If I'm on, if I'm on the defense, no one's defending me. Why? Because the other team's got the ball. When I've got the ball or when I'm on the offense, the defense is coming at me because they want to disrupt the game plan. And in the same way, there's a plan that God has for your life, as we read earlier, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope 
and a future. God says this. He sees into your future. He sees so many good things. And the enemy sees the same thing. And he wants to take you out. But what he does is he likes to intimidate. Who's that guy? Lance, was it Lance Stevenson? He's the blo- was he, the video of him blowing in LeBron's ear, was that? Right? What is he doing? He's just trying to get in players' heads. Because he knows he's nothing in comparison to LeBron. Was it LeBron? He's nothing in comparison to LeBron. We're not going to be talking in years from now about Lance Stevenson. We're going to be talking for decades about LeBron James. Why? Because he's the better player. But guess what can happen? The enemy can get in your ear and whisper something that is so untrue. But if you're not careful, you allow that to prevent you from going to the hoop and doing what you're called to do. God has a plan for your life. Every single one of you. Now, that is a generic, cliche thing, but it's so true. God has intentions for your future. God sees your future, and he sees through every single failure you've ever made and that you ever will into your future. He sees beyond it, and he still sees good and hope and prosperity and awesome things. He sees that in your future. But so does the enemy. And he's going to try and disrupt you from getting to that place. He's going to try and disrupt you from getting to that place. So, we've got to learn to pivot. We can't just plant our feet. We've got to learn to pivot. This word pivot literally means to do this. To keep one foot in place. So if you're thinking basketball, now I'm not going to pretend to play basketball because I, I was real bad in fourth grade and in sixth grade. And I can spin a ball on my finger for I, it, better than anybody here. I can do tricks but I cannot play basketball. And the only person here I can beat is AJ, and that's it. So, but to pivot, when you pivot, to pivot what you do is you, you plant a foot. You plant your pivot foot, and what you do is you've got the ball, but you're allowed to move one foot. You can spin around, you can plant that foot, you can't lift that foot, but it makes it to where you don't have to plant both feet. You don't have to plant both feet. You just have to plant one. And what will happen is if you have both feet planted, what could happen is if someone comes at you and you have both feet planted and you can't move either of them, it's one little thing that will throw you off balance. Can I get, I, I need a couple uh, people who have played basketball. AJ, why don't you come up here? Who have played basketball, <laughs> a couple of guys. Uh, AJ and Tulane, why don't you come up here? Come up here, I'm going to demonstrate this, Okay. Let's give, let's give Tulin and AJ a hand. Okay. So you're going to try and knock him down. Well, I'll, I'll explain it, but you got to roll with it, okay? So, okay. so here's what's going to happen. Why don't you stand up in front of here? So, Tulin, what you're going to do is you're going to plant your feet, okay? So just right here. And AJ, your goal is to knock him down. Now, Talyn, you can't slap him or anything. You can kind of, you can push back, but you cannot move your feet. You can't move your feet, okay? If you move your feet, you're done, okay? Well, work with me, okay? Not pretending to be a basketball player here. Give me some grace. So your goal is to knock him over, okay? On your mark, get set, go. 
That was weak. You've got to keep your feet planted. No, you have to fall over. Yeah, you got to stay stiff. You can't move your feet. Try it again. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to rip my jeans. Okay. So here's what happened. AJ just pushed to Lynn, and it wasn't hard for AJ to knock to Lynn out of his footing. But here's what you're going to do now. You're going to plant one foot, but you have the ability to plant your foot. What you're going to try and do is you're going to try and get him down, okay? So you're going to plant your foot. So you got no, you can't move his foot. You got to try and knock him over, but you can, you can move your foot, okay? Yeah, okay? Okay, go for it. Let's, get, let's give it up for him. I didn't mean like tackle him. Yeah, we're not playing football. Let's give it up for AJ and Dylan. That, uh... <laughs> wow. What, what I wanted to illustrate that I sort of illustrated. Here's what I want to illustrate is when you plant both feet, you're good until opposition comes. When you plant your foot, but you have the ability to pivot, which means to respond when pressure comes, which means to, when something comes at you, to adjust your posture, not to retreat, but to adjust your posture so that you can be, uh, you, you can stay on the offensive, but not be knocked off your footing. When you plant your foot, but you have a pivot foot, you're able to withstand differently the pressure than if you just keep both feet planted. Are you tracking with me? And what we've got to do in our faith, as we follow Jesus, we've got to learn not to just plant our feet, but to learn how to pivot. This is what it means. To be versatile or flexible, but still planted. To be versatile or flexible. And I want to ask us this question as we get ready to, 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 to wrap up tonight. I want to ask you this simple question. Where is your foot planted? Where, you can write this down, where is my foot planted? Where is my foot planted? Because if we're not careful, what we'll do is we will end up planting the wrong foot. Because in, 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 in basketball, because I'm an expert, when, when you've got the ball and you're stationary, right, you've got, the, you've got your hands on the ball, you can pivot your foot, but you can't change your pivot foot. So once you're moving, you can't lift up the other foot. You've, you've only, you're only able to move this one foot until you start dribbling the ball, you go to the basket, whatever. You can't change your footing. And here's what happens. This is where the analogy comes together, hopefully. With following Jesus, what often happens is we plant the wrong foot. So when things come at us, instead of planting our foot on the things of God, planting our foot in community, planting our foot on the word of God, planting our foot that when things come at us, that instead of running to toxic relationships, that we lean into the relationships that God has given us, what we do is we plant the wrong foot, and instead of running to God, we run away from God. 
And so what happens is we used to have one foot down, came to camp or came to UD, and God changed my life. I worshipped, and I felt a connection. I really met God, and he, he, he spoke to me, and I left different. And I planted my foot. I planted it. I'm good. But then opposition comes, and this is what happens with young basketball players. I know this because I was reading about it. What happens with young basketball players when they're learning this technique is sometimes they'll get so focused on the ball and focused on the defender that they forget what their feet are doing. So they've got the ball in their hands and they've got their pivot foot, but then the defender reaches out to, to swipe the ball out or to steal or whatever, and they move the wrong foot. And it's a turnover. And here's what happens. It's distraction comes. Difficulties come. A family member dies. You get some bad news. A relationship issue starts to, to happen and, and things start to crumble. And you find yourself in this place and you're so focused on your circumstance and on the issues that are right in front of you that you forget what your feet are doing. And so st instead of keeping your foot planted in the place that it's supposed to be, you change your footing. And you plant your other foot instead, your non-dominant foot. And you plant your foot and, and, and you start to run to relationships that, that suck the life out of you. And you start to run to some vice that you have at three in the morning because it makes you feel better and it takes your cares off of what you, what you actually have to think about and it gets you distracted long enough to feel like you're numb to the pain that you're feeling. And what you do is you, you change your footing and you start to listen to stuff that doesn't edify your spirit. This is the power of music, friends. I'm not a, I, don't, I don't care what kind of music you listen to. I listen to all sorts of really great music. But I do want to encourage you, and I've done this thousands of times through my 10 years being a youth pastor, and I'll do it till the day I die. You've got to make sure that what you're feeding your spirit is lifting you, not pulling you down. And what we do is we had our foot planted, but then something happens. And instead of leaning into the things of God, we lean out and we change our footing. And guess what happens when you change your footing? It's a turnover. You lose the ball. You, you, you don't get to do now in that moment what you're called to do. And here's what we've got to do. We've got to learn to change our footing. We've got to learn where are you planting your foot when stuff comes. And it's not just when stuff comes, but it's before it comes. Because if we're not careful, the stuff is going to come at us and we're going to realize, I don't know how to pivot. I don't know which foot, I don't know which foot to put down. I don't know when to pass the ball. I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what to do because all of this is coming at me and I haven't prepared myself. I haven't determined right now where I sit that the next time this temptation comes, I know where I'm planting my foot. The next time I get asked this question, do you want to partake in A, B, or C activity that I know is not good for my soul or my future, where is my foot going to be planted? And here's what pivoting means is you've got to determine before the defense comes at you where you are going to plant your foot. Or I should say, which foot you're going to plant. Are you going to plant your foot in the things of God, or are you going to allow distractions to change your footing, change your balance, and catch you off guard? Three things about pivoting. Number one is you have to be alert and stand firm. This is what Paul says. 
Be on your guard or be alert, another translation says. Be alert. That word literally means to be cautiously active. I love that. To be cautiously active, ready to endure pressure. To be cautiously active, ready to endure pressure. And what we're doing is we're going back and forth, planting both feet, and we're pivoting based on what we feel in the moment, based on what's coming at us, based on whatever we're feeling that day, based on what external circumstances are happening. Can I tell you, we're, we are in a season in the world where it is very easy to lose your footing. It's very easy to allow the voices around you to dictate how you're going to feel that day. It's very easy to allow what you see online to dictate the joy that's going to be in your spirit. It's very easy. But what do we do when stuff comes at us? We turn up the volume of what the good stuff that we need to hear. And we turn down the volume of the stuff that we don't need to hear. Well, a person in our world, just before we got married, was telling us, Noel and I, and we were talking, I can't remember even the context of the, the conversation, but she'd been married for 50 or 60 years, and, and just someone who we really admire at, just of, of integrity and, and a, a life that has just been lived so fully. And I, I think we we're asking her the question, so how did you do it? How do you, how do you last this long in marriage, and how do you live such a, a vibrant life? And she said this, I'll never forget it. She said, I've just learned to change the channel. I've just learned to change the channel. What does that mean? When you've got negativity coming at you, you can either stare at it, you can look at it, watch it, allow it to sink in, or you can change the channel. Some of you need to change the channel. You're going home and everything you stare at is everything that's negative. Everything you stare at is on your Snapchat. And it's just bringing your soul down. You're never satisfied. You're never happy. You're always exhausted. And guess what? You have the power to either stare at it or change the channel. You've got to choose to change the channel. Change what you're focusing on. Are you focusing on everything that people have done wrong to you? Or are you focusing on what you need to do to make it better? Change the channel. Change what you're focusing on. Change what you're listening to. Change your narrative. You have the power. You can't change what has happened to your past, but you can change what you look at. You can change what you focus on. And if we're not careful, our past will become our future because all we do is stare at it. And what you stare at is where you go. If you've ever ridden a bike down a hill and you see a tree off to the side on your right that you don't want to hit, guess what? If you stare at it, what are you going to hit? The tree. Why? Because what you focus on is where you go. Bible says in Proverbs that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. What is it saying? What you focus on is where you go. If you and I aren't careful, instead of planting ourselves preemptively in the things of God, in the community of God, leaning into the people that God has sent our way, instead of leaning into that, we will lean the wrong direction. And like me, you will have a nine-year-old take you out, which he has no business taking you out. The enemy does not deserve to take you out. He's not good enough. He's not powerful enough. He has nothing on you unless you let him. And just like that nine-year-old, he ran at me. He did not touch me, and I fell off. The enemy takes people out all the time that he has no business taking out. 
Number two, I'll invite the band to come forward as we get ready here. Number two, you've got to have courage. He says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and strong. That word courageous means to prove oneself to be brave, to let your talk be your walk. To let your talk be your walk. I tell you, courage is not proven when you tweet. Courage is not proven when you talk about it. Courage is not proven in what you say. Courage is not proven in what you portray. Courage is not proven in what you claim. It's proven in what you live. Courage is proven when you actually live out what you say. It's one thing to say it. It's a whole other thing to live it out and prove that there was actually courage in you. You've heard about the, the apostle Peter one of 12, uh, Jesus' 12 disciples. And if you don't know about Peter, Peter was like the king of bad pivot foot. He was, he was the worst. He couldn't decide who he was. And time and time again, I mean, he was so volatile. On one day, he is like praising the ground that Jesus walked on. And the next day, he's cutting a dude's ear off. I mean, he's like, Jesus, you're the only way. And then as Jesus is on the cross, moments after Peter has said, Jesus, I'll never deny you. Jesus is on his journey to die for Peter. Peter's sitting around a fire and says, I don't know who that guy is because he was afraid. You ever found yourself ashamed? You ever found yourself doing something that you don't want to do? You ever found yourself doing something that dishonors God? I have. And Peter's in this place where he knew what he believed. But he was too afraid to actually live it out. Jesus goes and dies, and Peter thinks, I failed. But what we know is three days later, Jesus rose from the grave, and he made sure to go back to Peter and say, guess what? You're not done. And guess what? Every time the enemy gets a basket, who gets the ball back? You do. If we're not careful, we let a mistake, a loss of our fitting, defeat us. I did not get back on that beam that night. Do you know why? It's not because I didn't want to play. I was so defeated by that nine-year-old. Guess what? Your failure on Tuesday, it took you out. But you're not done. Your failure last week, what you went back on that you said you'd never do, it's a bummer, you messed up. But guess what? You've got the ball again. Guess what? God's not done with you. Guess what? God is still working in you. He still has a victory ahead for you. Is anyone thankful for that tonight? What Peter would go on to do, this is the third point. You can't give up. Peter would eventually, he would author scripture. He would start churches. He would perform miracles. Peter would eventually be crucified upside down. Historians tell us that, that Peter was so passionate about Jesus. I mean, he's one of the, the people that the book of Acts talks about. Who are these crazy weirdos that are flipping the world upside down? That was the gospel in those days. And Peter, history tells us that 
he was so in love with and wanting to honor God with his life that when they were going to crucify him, to mock him and give him the same punishment as Jesus, he said, flip me upside down because I'm not worthy to share in the same death as my Savior. What is that? That's called some passion. That's called some courage that says, I don't care what people think about me. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care about what my reputation used to be. I'm following Jesus, and if nobody comes with me, still I will follow after him. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I failed, but guess what? So did Peter, and he did some pretty freaking awesome stuff. So I'm going to get back on my feet. I'm going to remind myself who my faith is in, who's got the victory, and I'm going to keep going. Is there anybody in here who's failed? Is there anybody in here who needs to keep going? Come on, can we be the kind of people who instead of giving up, that we've got some courage, and we say, God, I'm not quitting. God, I'm going to keep standing. God, I'm going to keep moving. God, I know I failed yesterday, but I've got the ball back, and I'm going to learn. I'm going to move forward because you are worthy, and I know that I don't own the victory. You own the victory. I'm trusting in you, I'm leaning into you, and I'm going to go after you. Can't give up. Can't quit. Some of you have allowed your failure. You've allowed your past. You've allowed your struggle to define who you are. There's numerous basketball and football players who've had an epic failure on the field or on the court and that failure they never recovered from it because they couldn't get it out of their head some of you need to get out of your head and stop rehearsing what you did yesterday and start moving forward to where God has called you stand all over this room bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to invite you in this moment. Maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, I've been pivoting on the wrong foot. I've been planting the wrong foot. I've been planting my foot not on the things of God. I haven't been leaning into God. I've been leaning into the wrong friends, the wrong relationships, people that pull me down. I've been leading into the things that I used to struggle with in the past that I thought were gone. We've all been there, haven't we? But what God offers you is a fresh start. He puts the ball back in your hands and he says, keep going. If that's you tonight, would you just lift your hand all over this room? Just, I just want to see a hand. I want you to keep it up. You're saying, you know what? In this area of my life, I've been planting the wrong foot. I'm not here to say, wow, look how bad you are. I'm here to say, guess what? We all need to lift our hands at times and just say, God, I'm changing my footing. I'm getting recalibrated. I'm following after you. And if I fail, guess what? God, you're going to lift me up again. God, I pray for every person who's been planted in the wrong place. They've been leaning in the wrong direction. God, you don't look at us and say, bad job. You look at us and say, Let's keep going. So today we determine, we say yes, we'll follow you, we'll go after you, we'll give you everything. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said.